You are listening to Filthy Armenian Adventures. This October marks the 50th anniversary of two major world events. One is the Yom Kippur War, also known as the Steely Ramadan War, which began with a surprise attack on Israel by a coalition of Arab states led by Egypt and Syria and ended 19 days later after taking the lives of almost 3,000 Israeli soldiers, 15,000 Egyptians, 3,500 Syrians, and, of course, wounding many tens of thousands more on each side. The Soviet Union came in to support the Arab side, but Israel prevailed in the 1973 war with significant military aid from the United States, then led by Richard Nixon, beginning a roller coaster peace process which appears nowhere close to arriving at a safe and complete stop. The other event is Knott's Scary Farm, the nighttime Halloween makeover of Knott's Berry Farm, one of Southern California's oldest and most cherished theme parks that I've been going to ever since I was a kid. Knott's Berry Farm has a very interesting history, too. A very interesting history. Histories like this should never be slept on. It begins way back in 1923 as a humble berry stand on State Route 39. You could buy berries, jams, pies, with one berry in particular standing out from all the rest. Walter Knott was not a successful farmer until he found a way to bring a bunch of dying farms in Buena Park, Orange County back to life on the strength of a newly invented giant juicy hybrid known as the boysenberry. He grew raspberries and blueberries and strawberries too, but the boysenberry is what brought the boys to the yard. And in the summer of 34, so did the fried chicken. He and his wife started serving fried chicken from a tea room on the property, and Mrs. Knotts's chicken dinner restaurant became such a huge hit that they soon had patrons waiting up to three hours in line for a taste of those juicy thighs, that bountifully buttery corn, and of course, that magical boysenberry pie. Given the sensational traffic, Walter Knott decided to add some attractions to entertain his guests with the weight. But for some deeply personal reasons, he got the idea to create Ghost Town. He purchased and transported almost the entire Old West ghost town from Calico, California, where he spent a lot of his childhood hanging out with his uncle back when the place still had silver to mine. And he went around also collecting artifacts from other ghost towns, including the real tombstones that would end up in the beautiful cemetery portion of his ghost town. There was the cemetery, there was a saloon, there was a blacksmith, 
It was a gold panning attraction. It was a real all-out effort to build a thriving replica of an old western town. One of the trickiest feats accomplished by art director Paul von Cleaning was to paint concrete on natural rock. It's not as easy as it sounds. Ghost Town was a major hit right off the bat. And over the years, more attractions were accumulated. And then in 1968, they put a fence around the place and it became an official park as they charged admission for the first time. One dollar for adults, 25 cents for kids. In the 1970s, a young performer named Steve Martin got his start shows at the Birdcage Theater. than Disneyland and a much smaller footprint. Something you never get tired of. And it's a manifestation of that something that sparked the idea of Knott's Scary Farm in 1973. Began as just a Halloween weekend event. Now it goes, starts six weeks before Halloween and sells out just about every night. When the sun goes down, most of the rides close, and Knott's transforms into a freak farm from 7 p.m. to 2 in the morning. A thousand monsters emerge from the fog and roam around the park, scaring the shit out of you as you make your way to one of ten elaborate mazes or five shows, which used to feature Weird Al Yankovic and for many decades up until recently, Hello, darling. It's me again, yours truly, Elvira. That gal with the enormous uh, rating. Now, haunts and spook shows and immersive uh, Halloween experiences have spread everywhere in the last 15 years or so. Halloween having supplanted Christmas as the one American holiday everyone is allowed to enjoy. Uh, all the other big parks, most notably Universal, have ripped off Not Scary Farm by now with their own Halloween nights. But Knott's is the OG in this department. Knott's is the mecca, Knott's is the real deal. And they've always done it the best, and they've influenced all the rest. Knott's, after all, is the only park that evolved from the concept of an expertly realized ghost town. There's also a neighborhood artisanal pride at work at Knott's Scary Farm. A woman by the name of Charlene Parker served in the role of the long, tall, green witch for 35 years, and she's still working at the park in a different role, scaring the living hell and hot dogs out of more people than anyone else with her special talent for gliding instead of walking. Every year, she was the number one cause of separated parties, according to Knott's guest services. Scary Farm Like the Berry Farm is a Southern California institution, and it is to be cherished. And like Disneyland and like Universal Studios, it remains one of the last blockbuster entertainments that's just as good, if not better, than ever. 
Can't say the same about blockbuster movies or blockbuster music, but the theme parks with their immersive all-day escape from reality are still getting it done. They're still getting it done. And they are still functional fantasy lands, which for an LA or Orange County boy or girl are just a freeway ride away. To get into Scary Farm, you need to be at least 13 years old. And while the aura is a little more family friendly now than in the Elvira days, overall it remains a masterpiece of mass PG-13 entertainment. I hadn't been to Knott's, either the Barry or the Scary version, in at least a decade. And since I've been to so many other ambitious, spooky theatrical events, including my favorite in New York, Sleep No More, including Universal Horror Nights last year, I wasn't necessarily expecting anything more than a fun night out with my friends, DJ Boy Toy, the filthy Egyptian, and Jocko Homo. I was excited, but I didn't quite know. I didn't expect to be impressed. We had bought our tickets a month ahead of time and did not know that we would be going on International Jihad Day. So the first twist was that we'd spend at least some part of the evening in fantasy horror land trying to solve war in the Middle East. Spoiler alert, we don't quite cross the finish line. Still gotta dot some I's and cross some T's. I think we have some solid leads. And maybe between some of our brainstorms at Knots and my epic zingers on the X platform, we might be able to cobble together a comprehensive solution to Israel-Palestine within a few weeks. But we're not there quite yet. But crazy as it might sound, it's actually not historically absurd to be entertaining such political thoughts on the grounds of Knott's Berry Scary Farm. I thought it would be, but it's not. It's Knott's. Because through and beyond the reckonings of the latest and far from only crisis in our dark, dark age, something has been preserved at Knott's Scary Farm. Something we started to feel. Something that started to evince itself through the night. Something I was not consciously prepared for in any way. Some based in red-pilled phantoms, and it's not just the anti-woke hangman show, which you'll hear snippets of. It's deeper than that. And it turns out that the facts confirm. The facts confirm. But I didn't know the facts on International Jihad Day. On International Jihad Day, all I had were my feelings. So I will let the feelings be felt. And at the end of the adventure, I'll come back with a little epitaph about the farming principles of Mr. Walter Knott.
tradition that used to be headlined by Elvira. Uh, and Knott's Berry Farm is a berry farm known for its jams sent around the world. And uh, the history of this of this amusement park, it's one of the big four in LA, in the LA area, greater LA area, Buena Park, which is technically in Orange County, along with Disneyland, Universal Studios, um, Six Flags, and that's then that's number four. And then if you go down to San Diego, you throw in SeaWorld, and you got five. Boring. Yeah, whatever. Lego, I used to go to Legoland was my favorite. Oh, I've never been to Legoland, so that's now six. <laughs> Is Legoland still going? Does I don't it know. still exist? I went when I was a child. Oh, this is Ghost Rider. We could hit. We could probably hit this one up. That's like a non. This is a no loop. Yeah, no I loop. remember this one. Yeah. yeah, it's a old school. It's cute. I like it. Um, well, so yeah, it began as a restaurant, uh, Mrs. Knott's Fried Chicken Dinner Restaurant, which I love to this day. They have extremely buttery corn, the butteriest corn you've ever had. And it began as a restaurant, and it just, the park started when they decided to add like a carousel, a carousel or whatever, uh, and a few things for the kids to play at while their parents were dining. And that grew in to the roller coaster heavy park we see today. The production values aren't Disneyland level. They're not Universal Studio level. It's more like traditional, you know, cheaply made but exciting and fast roller coasters or big dropity things. That's kind of the vibe. There's a water log that's pretty cool. Tower of Terror. Oh wait, no, that's uh, Cal that, that's no, California Adventure. My bad, my bad. Yeah, but similar things yeah. where it's like, you know, not. There's a whole two different categories of rides. There's the high production value ones that you see at Disneyland, where it's millions of dollars. And then yeah. there's the these ones which are not which are like basically carnival rides. Yeah. But a little better, a little more charming. There's some there's that farm charm. You know, uh, Peanuts characters used to be the Knott's Berry Farm like yeah. animated uh, mascots. I don't think that's the case anymore. I don't know if I've seen Snoopy associated with Knott's anytime recently. It used to be Snoopy. Yeah. Snoopy's the name. Um, so now I'm, you know, I think it's like now that Snoopy has been replaced by various MS-13 gangs that are sometimes go off here. Yeah, um, used to come here, yeah. But one of my favorite places, very charming, much smaller than Disneyland. Much smaller. And I'm curious to see, you know, what happens on this global day of jihad as things get really freaky <laughs> and sold out. Every every not scary farm is sold like almost sold out and yeah. packed, completely packed to the gills. We got these tickets like a month ago. Yeah, we so. got these tickets a month ago and the buffet got us in early. So yeah. now we're here an hour early waiting for our friend, um, Muslim correspondent, Arab Muslim correspondent, <laughs> uh, uh, Mark, uh, uh, the filthy Egyptian to show up in about an hour. Maybe. So. I think now we're gonna hit up the ghost ride, baby. Wow. I'm here with our Jocko Homo. Jocko, do you have anything to say to your uh, burgeoning fan base? Uh, I am excited to be here. It's my first time here in 10 years. I used to go, I'm from Orange County, so I used to go when I was younger. I actually went, the first time I went was the last year they were allowed to touch you, like the people jumping. Oh, 
Oh, they used to be able to touch they you? Were, they would, they would like, do that. Kind of, oh, like, push you okay. a bit. That's not too much. No, they wouldn't, like, hold on to you. Yeah. Well, obviously, that's... Every, Me Too era was, oh, uh, was gestating. So yeah. That's you couldn't super. have that. Uh, I can, can you imagine how much we'd pay for one where that was taken a, just like not only allowed but taken a few notches up? Yeah. Uh, we would pay a lot of money oh, for yeah, a place yeah. like that. In fact, there are haunted, there are like things like that where you can get like rape, torture type of thing. Oh. You know, you sign a waiver. There's like around, there's a whole industry. I don't know if they still exist to the same degree as they did like 10 years ago before Me Too. I'm sure they do in San Francisco. They're all kind, yeah, there's like, there's one that was like full on, you're literally in a kink.com scene, minus the sexual part, but close. In fact, I was once in New York at one of the haunted, haunted things, and I got groped pretty hard, and that was during my, that was literally, that was my, may have been the final trigger before I made my first crossover into the realm of the non-Euclidean uh, uh, deviant arts. That was maybe my last, that was the last one, because I was like yeah. really intrigued. Somebody, there was like a, it was obviously, it was like a minorly gay-coded thing in Chelsea, and like, it was like squeezing all my muscles and being like, ooh, you are a cow, and like grabbing my dick uh, in this haunted what house. What were you wearing? The normal things. Oh, okay. yeah, was a, it was just like, a, it was like a walk-through type yeah. of deal. There was a very like, and I was like, I, I got, he touched me and I was like, mm, this isn't so bad. And then a month, literally a month later is when I had my first experience. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, terror. Well, let's not shit on these weird uh, kink clubs. No, let's, I'm not, hey, I wasn't shitting on them. I was just saying that they might involve you getting shat on, you know what I mean? I was, I was uh, maybe not out saying it outright, but I was being kind of negative tonally. Because oh. I, I think those, I don't know, I have. I actually never been to one, so I shouldn't judge till I go. But to I what? Just, those like kinky like clubs where you just like. I feel like people that are into that stuff are like blue-haired, crazy people. They yeah. are the people who are into that stuff as a regular habit. Are, yeah. are tend to be kind of impotent. You know, it's sort of like a replace. It's sort of like you don't have your normal. Uh, you can't enjoy the normal things and be as. Yeah. You know, if you look at really horny people, they're not like they don't have time for all this like gear and like metal and like construction work and all this shit they, they just want to get go at it yeah. right away right These there these are the porn addicts that are desensitized to normal sex so yes yeah, probably some of them have serious problems I remember the kinkiest guy on the app on the website that I first was frequenting like Adam for Adam or whatever the fuck it was the, the most elaborately like the guy who had all the stuff in his thing and all the all the benches and torture chambers and all the stuff I later found out was straight up impotent from the military so yeah you know there's always a there's always the uh, uh, flip side of uh, every uh, like cock and ball torture coin of course yeah yeah no, I, I support our troops and I'll, I'll, I would I I support that guy that is uh, impotent from serving <laughs> yeah yeah we all support and you know um, support any everyone fighting today in the Middle East on, you know, for their homeland. Yeah. <laughs> everyone we support. We just support everyone. That does it for the free portion of the show. To listen to the rest of the two and a half hour adventure into the imagination and the political philosophy, it turns out, of Knott's Berry Scary Farm, um, and possibly some secrets of the, uh, to the Middle East, but please subscribe at patreon.com slash filthyarmenian. 
You'll get access to double the episodes, uh, and well over 50 now that are patrons only, um, including the most intimate and scandalous episodes. Only available to patrons. You'll be putting a little bit of money where your soul is, and uh, it'll mean a lot. So, patreon.com slash filthyarmenian. Spread the word to friends and family. Thank you for listening, and see you on the other side of the paywall.